Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. Heroes of the Realms, welcome back to your favorite semi-bi-weekly podcast on your favorite digital card game, Hero Realms. I'm one of your hosts of said podcast, Matthew Jigmalinkpo-Rooks, joined, as always, by my right-handed left-hand man, Tim Agency 13 McKenzie, the circlet of flowers to my... Phoenix Helm. I'll take that how's one. That, how's that for an intro, buddy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for giving me the good one this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Great to have you back. Yeah. Uh, Circlet of Flowers is a druid uh, armor, by the way, guys. And we'll talk about it later. And holy, holy cow, it's amazing. Um, also joining us, filling out a full crew aboard the SS Sparks and Rack, we have... Sam Scrapforce Parsons. What is up? He's he's had a long day at work, apparently, but he's he's made it to the cast. How, how are you doing today, buddy? How are you holding up? Uh doing all right. I've got the scrap top fired up. I'm ready to get get my scrap on with my homies. Let's do it. Good way to wind down after a long effing day. <laughs> wow nice and no beep se- no beep required my friends the self the self filtering there is impressive i was just gonna say we are we gonna make it out of the intros without having to edit sam's uh language and it looks like we just might do that so it uh, is it is usually in the beginning i'm not thinking about it and i'm like oh no so yeah yeah i did it this time guys but just wait the, the podcast not is not over yet so we'll see the night, the night is still young. The night is still young. It's, young. We're, we're off to a good start, buddy. Uh, great to have you back. Thanks for joining us. Last but not least, everybody, the Diamond One himself, Hand Solo, as he is otherwise known, uh, cool, relaxed, <laughs> always having fun, keeping it ritualistic. Cool Chris Double Doves Wahlberg, mm-hmm. how are we doing today? Mm-hmm. I'm on a roll. It's time to go solo. Hey, 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 I am doing awesome, man, as ever. I'm really feeling the Origins hype. It is Ooh, yeah. uh, less than building. a month away. Yep. Yes, less than a month away. People are chatting about it. Events are signed up for. People are bringing games. I'm, are we going to have too many games and too little time here, guys? Because I'm pretty yes. much positive that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, always, I always bring a number of games and never play most of them. It's good to have yeah. a selection, though. <laughs> selection yep. is a good thing. Yeah, For I'm sure. getting more and more jealous as you as it gets closer, guys. Because my watching from across the pond over here, it's yep. My daughter will be with me, or my whole family will be with me this year. And nice. my daughter is turning 13 during Origins, and mm. I'm oh. super proud because she was like, "Hey, Dad, can I play in like?" a hero realms tournament at origins. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, they're going to have, some, they're going to have some casual ones. So yep. I, I'll probably do awesome. one of those with her. Dude, that's I'm so gonna cool. Be, 
in there for some cutthroat practice. <laughs> <laughs> Double yeah, Dubs is like, which one is she signing up for? I'm really like, on it. Oh, like, oh like, you're Tim's daughter? <laughs> Time to demolish you. <laughs> They're, uh, ruthless aggression. They're going to have like the Legends tournament. I think that's Saturday. But yep. uh, um, they're doing casual stuff all through it. And like For the sure. casual ones, I think, are like you play four games. And if you go undefeated, you get a play mat. And for every win, you get like a promo card or something. Yeah, that's so awesome. that's pretty cool. Awesome, yeah, I want to do that. I want to I want to play some D&D. Actually, I didn't play D&D last time I was down there. Um, just, yeah, so much cool stuff to do. So nice. I'm, I'm really hyped. Uh, sorry, I, I was just going to say, I can just see Chris sitting down across from Tim's daughter, slapping down his deck and saying, hey, I, I printed up my, my uh, I did a print and play level 12 al- alchemist. Do you mind if I use this in this game? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you better watch out, man, because she's actually pretty good. So Yeah, no, no, I'm nice. sure she is. Yeah. She's got a good, she has a good teacher, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been tempted to try to print uh, the Dungeons cards, but I'm not going to actually do it. But that'd be fun to bring print. and That would be pretty cool. No, I was gonna say, uh, every all the listeners that you're gonna, that are going, you can look out for uh, Chris, Tim, and I. We're gonna have Sparks and Rec jerseys that we're gonna wear. Whoa! Maybe only on dropped. the. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get too stinky, so probably only on Saturday when we play in the Legends tournament. But I might it not be take fun. it off. Well, if you just uh, wear a t-shirt the whole time, just wear yeah. it. Don't don't wear it like can. You know, don't go topless underneath it, buddy. No. Yeah, you don't want to be like naked. No, no naked. You gotta, you gotta wear something. If you, if you see a man running around in his whitey tidies, it's Sam. So, did you? Can you reveal what color you you guys decided on for the jerseys? Yeah, they'll be blue and red. Blue, blue and, and red. Awesome. I was going for like a black orange combo because it kind of lines up with our branding on the website and stuff. But Tim doesn't like orange, so you you were going like orange with some black on it, and I'm not a fan of like bright yep. orange. So. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. But it's great. We have the logo on this on the sleeve. Uh, ordered them from my auntie. If anyone needs custom jerseys, let me know. I'll hook you up with my auntie. <laughs> She's awesome. Nice. And yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get here soon, and I can't wait. I can't wait. We'll have to see some pics. You have to promise to post some pics once they arrive. That's oh, okay. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. I will do that. Good One stuff, thing man. before we kick into the episode overview, if there's like ideas for content that people have for when we're at Origins, we do plan on like making yeah. some content while we're down there. I don't know if we'll like be able to do coverage to any extent, but if people have ideas of things that they want to see or that would be cool for us to do, let us know. Can't guarantee that we will be able to do it or we'll do it, but you know, interested in any feedback that people have. And I and I and I know uh, I'm planning the I, Wise Wizard usually does like a a Wise Wizard fan event sort of thing, but I was hoping to do like a Hero Realms specific community thing, like a lunch or something like that at some yeah. point that we'll have to work. That would be so. awesome to do, and I know it's a hassle to you know organize that stuff, but think of like in a listener event or a Sparks and Rec lunch yeah. or. A, yeah pub crawl or something would be awesome (laughs) that might actually tempt me to get out there someday um i just want to i just want to say chris great call for content like that and i want to give a a preemptive heads up to arkeno who uh is set to attend a ukge uh this coming weekend i believe or next weekend uh, which is a i think it's the first legends tournament or the second legends tournament to be held in europe 
Um, and he will be on the ground there. And we maybe, if we're lucky, he'll even be able to give us a little write-up or even some audio content before, after, or during. Uh, no pressure, but these are some ideas we've been floating around. So how cool would that be? Good luck to our kennel at the UKGE coming up. Yeah, they've done it there Good before, luck, but Wise Wizard is finally getting back to go into that it's awesome. uh, convention. Yeah. So Cool yeah. to see Legends tournaments popping up in other uh, continents as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Good stuff, guys. Tim, before we do the overview, can you do a quick shout out to patrons? We've had a whole yes. flock of people coming, joining the herd. So we have two new patrons since the last time we recorded. Um, Filtrophobe and Decat Says Meow are new patrons. And I want to also give a shout out to all our existing patrons, which include Noodle Tulpe, Daily23, Logan K. Stewart, Eindeloos, Warden Slayer, Meowgen, DNA Searcher, Rucksack, and Omsk. So thank you all for uh, supporting us and helping us do what we do. We appreciate thank it. You, you guys everybody. Rock. Yeah. Thank you, and thank it's- you. It's cool to see the support from the community. And it's finally, we're starting to actually get our heads over water for all the money we've put in here. And we (laughs) have been brainstorming ways to start increasing the amount of prizes and different ways that we can kind of give back to the community. So stay tuned for some, probably some uh, giveaways and stuff on the podcast itself that we'll be working. Oh yes. Yes. In the coming Uh, couple of months. For sure. So stay tuned for that. We've got a lot of fun things in store for you guys. Uh, thanks again for your support. Uh, and if you can't support uh, with fine, you know, financial means, we totally get it. You know, just listening to us, uh, mm-hmm. joining in on the Discord, uh, participating in the events, everything you guys do as a community is really appreciated. So um, thanks, guys, really, from the bottom of our hearts. We love the community so much. We can't say it enough. Thanks for your support, guys. All right, Chris. We made it. Yep. Uh, it. It looks like we are going to finish the intro with no <laughs> editing required. This might be a first. <laughs> well said with the shout out to the patrons there. And yes, without any further ado, the episode overview, of course, we're going to be featuring what would you do? Followed by a bit of a new segment called pitfall perils featuring logan k stewart thank you so much for your submission there bud we're also going to go over some impressions on the druid we've got some excellent listener mailbag questions that you know you can feel free to send us any uh, mailbag questions that you're inspired to ask as well we'd love to have them we're also going to do another card duel uh, a newer segment as well there and we're going to close things out with the community roundup stay tuned folks we have a great episode in store for you What would you say you do here? All right, and welcome to What Would You Do? As always, uh, What Would You Do is located in the Discord server. It has its own channel. It's very active. You can post your own scenarios there to get feedback from the community. If you want to be featured on the show, just go ahead and DM one of the members of the cast. We want as many... Uh, as much information from the game as possible. That means screenshots of everything in play, both decks, both discards, along with the in-game menu of what turn levels and classes are featured. So let's go ahead and take a look at this game. We're on turn five in a level 12 matchup. We're playing as fighter. We're up against a ranger currently in play. Uh, We've done, we have seven economy 
and five combat to spend, uh, mostly starters with uh, influence that we've played. On the row, we see that there is Bribe, Word of Power, Rake Master Assassin, Smash and Grab, and Torgan Rock Splitter. So the question is, how are we going to spend our economy here? So far, we have purchased an Elven Curse. Our opponent has a Spark, a Rot, a Death Touch, another Death Touch, and a Dire Wolf. Um, so all sorts of nasty things in uh, that they have. So I think we're in a bit of a tough spot here. I'll go ahead and uh, give my opening thoughts here. And I think uh, I'm probably just going to grab the Torgan here, I think. Um, I like that it is a guard. We have the helm. So, you know, guard is going to work well there. We have the Elven Curse that it's going to pair with. So we have some potential for stacking the discards up against our opponent. And uh, so that is the angle that I think I am going to take. Let's pass the mic over to Jig. What would you do, buddy? Yeah, I think you kind of have to take a defensive stance here in Turtle (laughs) if you want to try to survive the onslaught that's coming. Um, If the Ranger also gets Word of Power, I think it's pretty much game over it's to be honest it's probably game it's over pretty anyway. much game over anyway yeah yeah <laughs> um, but the good news is they don't have their enemy deck is uh they're not gonna be able to track next turn it looks like uh no actually they they will be able to if they trigger their um their cloak right uh yeah you're in trouble man i think you got to go <laughs> with torgan and hope that he can soak up a little bit um the thing is, though, he's got uh, the direwolf uh, coming up as well, which you're going to have to eat through, right? Torkin cannot get through the direwolf by himself, which is going to be a problem. You do have that curse, which you hope is going to come up. But, man, this is probably going to be over uh, for too long. Uh, but, yeah, go for Torkin and see what happens. Yeah, that'd be my take. Jig, you mentioned um, like turtling up and that you were worried about the ranger getting word of power there. What were your thoughts about maybe just preemptively uh, grabbing that from them? Does it just not do enough in our deck? And is that kind of your reasons for not wanting to take it? If I had one other Imperial already, I might do it. Um, But I don't. (laughs) So even if I, I mean, even if you get it on the top of your shuffle, uh, it's not going to heal you. That's why yeah. Torgan's a little bit better. It just extends the game a little bit. And you might get a chance to get something going. But um, okay. now it, it'll be interesting to see what happened. Uh, Warden Slayer, I know, is going to share what he uh, uh, he told us what he did. Yeah. Or what happened. Nice. So it'll be interesting to see what happened. What, what the rest of you guys think? Yeah. Tim. Agency Tim 13, yeah. Yeah, so my initial thought was to also go with Torgan. Um, but the other thing I would think about is smash and grab. Um, just cause it, it does more damage. I mean, you, you really need to end this quick if you want a chance to beat this, uh, uh, Ranger, because they are going to be sacrificing down and cycling so fast. Like turtling's not an option here. In my opinion, you gotta, you know, aggro them down. And so smash and grab it, depending on how it works, you may be able to flip that elven curse or one of your, weapons to the top of your deck sort of thing with it um, to help with that. The other thing is you do have the uh, uh, 
the skill that expends a champion. So like the dire wolf isn't that big of a, you know, like some of that stuff, like I think you're all right. I wouldn't worry about the fact that they have a, a five guard there as a fighter, but like, I think I would probably go with smash and grab here. It just, mm. just to maybe get that elven curse or one of my weapons back to the top of my deck. Some to try to get some more damage and end it quickly. Cause that's the only way you're going to have a chance to beat them. Yeah. Cause you're like, not going to, they're going to sacrifice down and be down to like the rot and spark and death touch and dire wolf and drawn their whole deck every turn within a, a couple of They're almost there. But yeah. Tim really, really just one quick pushback here. I agree. You're right on everything. And I think that's a good take. But if you leave that dire wolf out, if you just expend it and try to, I'm, I'm not saying that's a good idea. Yeah, like if you leave, leave that out. thing out, it, it, no, just leaving but, but champions out for a ranger is really bad news. That skill does does what it does three. You get three damage, and it does two damage to the champion, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. you'll be able to get it. So yeah. you'll be able to take it out without having to draw. Okay, okay. Like, all right. Yeah. yeah. So you're still saying out. take out the direwolf, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you I'm not saying lethal. leave it yeah. out. Unless you have, unless you have lethal for sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great points. Yeah. Sammy, how about you? What would you do? I was on Team Torgan before, but Tim's kind of swaying me on the smash and grab. Mm. And I can see the logic behind getting Word of Power too, because you get to you have to kind of hate draft it. Um, I think in any case, uh, whatever you do, you have to hope for some luck on the market row um, to pull this out, no matter what. So if I had to make a choice, uh, probably would go with Torgan. I think would be my so, would be my instinct, but you know he's got the snake pet and all that. But I really like having something to pair the curse with. Not that it will happen very reliably with a fighter, right? But just in the hopes of like building up that green army and uh, yeah. being able to do the aggro rush. I, I, want, no. I want I want to touch on word of power for a second because looking at their deck. I don't know that they're going to be able to afford they to won't. get word of power. Yeah, they won't, be and mm-hmm. it's doing nothing for you. Really, right. it's drawing to. It's going to speed your deck up, but like you want the damage. If it's not doing damage, you're right. They can't get it's it. Not doing normally much. though. If an arch, if a ranger does get word of power, really, it bad can be nuts. Happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really. I just want to frame this though. This is a really awesome uh, kind of split of opinions here we have like the kind of defensive like okay let's try to weather the storm and see what can happen pr- prolong the game stance and then you have tim's aggro like hey we only have one chance to do this let's see, let's try to rush and see what happens and i kind of really like that because this is a mm-hmm. this looks like a losing situation and sometimes you have to go for the desperation aggro mm-hmm. rush to try to pull things out so yeah i i really like um I, both ways are viable, I think. I, you probably screwed either way, but I really like <laughs> the aggro. The aggro uh, home run swing is probably a, a ranger having three sacrifice cards and you having none as a fighter. <laughs> you're pretty it's much rough. screwed. Yeah, it's over. Like, yeah, it's rough. Like, so, no, no amount of bad shuffles is going to really slow down the ranger at this point. Yeah. They're going to be able to, you know, spring back. So, Tim, at this point, if you smash and grabbed, would you also go ahead and just trash your? Uh, your influence, I think, is is the card that's there with, for three additional damage. Yeah, now. probably. I'd probably yep. scrap that now and and get that smash and grab, and I just try to be you using keep your deck thin. And, and you want to yep. thin down your deck too. You don't want that influence to come up again. Yeah, you want to get out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'll 
add one more thing to what Jig was saying before we get over to the Discord comments, which is just that, like, you talked about having those two diverging paths or whatever. But I think, you know, one of the most important things, especially, like, whether you're winning or losing, but especially if you're losing, is, like, identifying a plan and having a plan and letting that plan, like, guide your decision making. I think that that, you know, is, is really important and something I try to do in a lot of games. If I'm, like, going through my queue and playing tournament games, when I go in, I try to come up with, like, a one sentence about, like, what am I trying to do and what is my opponent trying to do? And then I make my decisions for the turn. So yeah. just uh, something worth calling out there, I think. Unfortunately, though, for you, though, Chris, that one sentence is usually I want to have <laughs> I want to have fun. I want to be relaxed for sure, uh, but for also, sure. yeah, also hit up some rituals as well. But and then I, you know things go off the rails after that. But. I'm describing <laughs> the ritual, really. That's part of it. Yeah, <laughs> that is. I want to use. I want to use my right hand. I want to use my left hand. Wow. That's going to be great. And, and then he grabs so. the Jergens, You know. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Record scratching sound. <laughs> Over to the Discord. <laughs> we have <clears throat> so. Getting the most votes was certainly Torgan, but a little bit of support for the smash and grab here as well. So interesting to see that uh, consensus or, you know, those opinions reflected by the community as well. Noodle Tulba chiming in first that he likes Torgan. You're running Helm and already have green, so it's a good pickup for you there. And also the Ranger would want it, so denying it is good. Even though we kind of have agreed we don't think Ranger's going to be able to afford it. Um mm-hmm. If they're really scrapped down, that discard's going to help. So that's a point we hadn't made yet. Um, once Ranger gets scrapped yep. down, they're going to feel the pain of any discards we're putting on them. You'll want to try and finish before that happens, though. So also urging the quick finish. Uh, Noodle is there, but kind of through the lens of Torkin. So moving on to Meowgan's, uh submission here. I would go with Smash and Grab. You already have the lead here, damage-wise, she's referring to. Smash and Grab is more damage than Torkin and you can control your deck a little more since you don't have any sacrifice cards. And since your skill expends champs, it'll help you plow through to get lethal just a little sooner. Uh, Filterphobe chiming in that Torgan uh, maximizes the chances of racing. Discard and forcing the snake to stun instead of draw will clunk up the ranger a little bit. Any attempt uh, to play slowly here, you will likely lose, and Torgan's the best card to grab. Smash and grab, not a bad alternative, but a little more inconsistent in the current game state. And then uh, not too interested in hate buying since the ranger's just going to track and hit you for about 20 every single turn. Um, Logan saying I jump between Torgan and smash and grab, but settled on Torgan's for the reasons already listed as well as the butt that will soak up some damage from the Ranger without her ability. So fantastic submissions there. Thank you to everyone for chiming in. Let's turn over to what Warden Slayer actually did do. And so that is... I bought word of power for the draw and to keep it away from the ranger because they didn't have a way of getting seven gold as in to buy the target there. I really wanted to use my skill here to keep on the pressure, but I was a gold short. I ended up losing because the opponent scrapped down a lot and managed to faction the death touch often. Okay. Interesting uh, takes there by everyone. Uh, Anything to add from you guys before we roll onward? No, it's a great one. I think even in those kind of un winnable seemingly unwinnable situations it's good to think about what you can do sometimes you can pull them off most of the time you can't but it's still a good practice and that's how you get better at the game is realizing those things and seeing them a little bit earlier before they get uh, that developed and preventing <laughs> yeah so really really good yep. uh, good practice i think great stuff yeah. thank you to warden slayer for submitting that one 
Yeah, and these are the lessons of your, you know, if you don't concede right away, like you don't play if you're not having fun. It's fine to concede. I'm not, I'm not making that argument. But if you don't concede right away, you can sometimes have that thrill of victory, the come behind, and it can be great. You just or you can really, just make really it, lucky. I, I get pleasure also, even if I'm going to lose a game, I'm going to make my opponent work for it a bit. You know, I'm going to fight, yeah, fight until the end. It's still a good feeling to do it. Uh, but yep. there are times when you definitely don't want to. Um, yep. All right, good stuff. Up next, we have a very special mini segment submitted by our own Logan K. Stewart. He has prepared oh, yeah. a really awesome little uh, listener um, challenge here called Pitfall Perils. What's up? Logan here. And after a recent experience from the opening game uh, or the opening set I had on the Alchemist Invitational, I thought that it may be a good segment to highlight a mistake or two that I made. Um, So I think this segment would be a fun one called Pitfall Perils. One of the early articles I wrote on Realms Rising was some common pitfalls and some traps that exist for players. And I think it may be good to, to update or add to that from time to time. So what I've got here is uh, this is the opening match of the Alchemist Invitational. Like I mentioned, I got the luck of the draw to face off against Rucksack in this match. So just for some context here, I actually won the first two games against uh, Rucksack. He came back in one game three. He came back, and this is a game four situation. So there were two mistakes that I made and realized as soon as I made them. The error of my ways, which I think influenced the game and the set and the match. Giving it to Rucksack. Who could have possibly won? Um, Anyway, he's such a great player. But I do think these two errors definitely contributed to my third loss. Um, Had I not made them, I possibly could could have won three there. So anyway... Uh, The first screen that you will see shows um, a situation where the turn order really matters. So if you could look at it, see what do you think I did wrong or what do you need to do to prevent this error and then come back. The second screen shows the end of my next turn. What happened here? Can you tell? Probably not. So let me explain. In the first hand, I have a word of power and a gold card in my draw pile. I play my bottled Tempest, draw the word of power. I forget to play the sacrifice card before playing Word of Power, where I draw into my discard, flip the deck, and pull a junky gold card out. Had I scrapped first, there would have been one less junk card in my deck. Error number two, later on on the second screen, is I play with the Fool's Gold. 
And the fool's gold does not prompt you or remind you to trade the card to your opponent. So I ended my turn, and as the deck was shuffling, I realized, crap, I forgot to give my fool's gold over. So these two errors compounded pretty quickly um, with Rucksack, obviously taking advantage of my mistakes and uh, the end of the game state. I had seven cards in my deck. Had the Fool's Gold been eliminated and a junk card scrapped out earlier, I would have had five in my hand to draw into a strong deck with the likelihood of being able to go lethal. It wouldn't be guaranteed, but it would have been pretty close. Um, unfortunately, I had seven cards, so I couldn't flip my deck, and I didn't have a good enough um, cohesion there to actually get me anywhere close. So Rucksack won, and uh, won the set 3-2 to two in the opening Alchemist Invitational. So that, my friends, is two are two pitfalls that I uh, encountered from playing with my alchemist friend. It does matter with your turn order. Always scrap before you draw and get rid of that fool's gold, fool. Alrighty, here we go. Greetings, it is I, Nostra Double Domus, a wizard with glimpses of the future of Thandar. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> Greetings, traveler, it is I, Nostra Double Domus. And the druid has now made its home here in Thandar. Let us take a moment to reflect on its arrival. Stay a while and listen. That is right, everybody. The druid is here and it is dominating the metagame, I would say, if uh, if you are to believe some of the postings and uh, results and experience of others. I know it's still, like, super fresh for everyone, but I will tell you, those woodland critters, they are <laughs> doing some fierce damage out there. <laughs> uh, what did Rucksack say that he was able to pull off in the server today? Uh, turn six, I think he said. Turn six. Level 13 Druid, 34 damage to get the win against an opposing Druid. Um, that means he only Sick. played three hands. He played three hands and he won. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, that's fueled. Well, I'll, I'll pause there. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you, you can do that with the fighter too. Uh, maybe yeah. not at level 14 anymore, uh, but definitely at level 12, I have gotten... It's not something that frequently happens, and I'm not saying it's uh, as strong as the Druid, but you can get level, uh, turn six wins with the fighter. I've definitely done it before. And with the Barbarian. Barb, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but for the Druid, this, you know, seemingly mild-mannered, uh, <laughs> woodland creature-loving uh, pacifist can lay some smack down for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I think crazy. we should take a minute to talk about the like the build that's doing this, right? And how it kind of works and stuff. Um, right. The circlet of flowers. It's the armor that lets you put a card from your discard onto the bottom of your deck. That once is per one turn. of the once, once per, per turn. turn. So you make whatever impactful early game purchase, and you're going to be able to see that even before your first shuffle, if the way if it might line up correctly. Yeah. Not um, only not only that. Not only are you going to see it. You if you have uh, multiple turns before your uh, next shuffle comes up, you can actually start to build your next hand that's going to come up. Right. You can actually decide the cards that you're going to get in the next shuffle which is incredible. And as the game progresses, once you get to mid and late game, you're actually just uh, picking and choosing the best cards to, or to meet the situations that you need or to line up the factions that you need. And it is extremely powerful. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think, I, 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 sorry for jumping ahead here, but I mentioned already to Noodle somewhere mm-hmm. that I think it's in the running for the best armor in the game. Um, probably mm-hmm. matched only by the... Uh, alchemists spectrum spectacles um i think those are probably the two most powerful armors in the game in my opinion what do you guys think i uh i agree that it's uh really good and i know when we when the we were doing the last episode and we talked about the druid stuff and we're talking about the armors and everything uh, it shuts off at 30 hit points. Uh, you seem to get a number of uses. And like you said, even if you get three or four and you, those first four cards you buy or whatever, and get, you know, after your first, you see them right when you flip your deck and then you can put them on the bottom again, right before you, like you get an extra use out of them. And they're, I mean, it, it can do some work and you can faction stuff with it and all of that. It's strong. I, I could see them putting a cost limit on this sort of like the shadow mask, not necessarily a three cost or less or anything, but I could see them doing something like that. If they think that it's too good. Chris and I were talking about this and I said, you know, it is so good. It's so much fun. I hope they don't nerf it. I hope they nerf something else about the Druid because (laughs) it it is so. And they might, they might keep it as it is. I'm just saying I could see them doing something like that. A soft nerf would be a cost limit. Yeah. Yeah. That would be way. Cause if you're, if you can put your six and seven costers. Yeah. Even if they put like a five cost limit on it, it would tone it down a little bit, but it would still be super useful. And still Guys, really I, awesome. I had a game, I think it might have been against Meowgan, actually, where I had um, Roland, Kraka, and uh, who's the, the bard that stands people? Um, I forget the Minstrel. name. Minstrel. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, the champion. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. I had those three guys with the druid, and I was just recycling them. She'd, she'd, you know, stun them or kill them and put them in my discard. And I'd put them at, at the bottom of my thing and just line them up all next to each other mm-hmm. like ducks in a row. <laughs> and then they'd come back out and, you know, Roland and uh, the other guy doing their standing. Mariglow. You know, Mariglow, thank you. Readying mm-hmm. and standing each other. My God, it's it's OP. Okay. Yeah. The just, more I talk just, about it, I realize just, it's, probably, it's probably. Just like, OP. just Roland yeah. and Mariglow is like 20 some damage in it's the pair of those two. Yeah. It's just too much. But it's a lot of fun to play, though, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's probably too good. Yeah. Um, what else about the Druid, though? All right, so 
like, well, let, there's two about, other. Okay, go. I was going to yeah. say there's two other parts that I think kind of like fit in to what makes it so busted. And that is how much drawing there is. The bunnies are pretty crazy. When you play a bunny, you draw a card. If you have two bunnies in play, you can expend them both to draw another card. So it's pretty easy to like end up drawing three in your first deck cycle when you hit bunny bunny and then draw off both. And mm-hmm. then you've also got the owl that cycles a card. So it's pretty easy to like get your deck to exactly zero cards and still have some card draw effects and then bottom something with the circlet and then draw it to use it right away. And let's talk about your ability too. the, what is it? The I'm horrible. It's like names bear form, the various bear forms. The one that revives two. If you can revive two of those, if you revive both bunnies, now you've, you're getting three draw. You're getting three draw from that. You're getting one from each going into play and then both of them together again. And Plus the bonus of you get like four guards still with it, right? Like you still get a you little get bit toughness. of toughness. Yeah, yeah, you get, get the yeah. toughness, and, and your non guards are protected from damage. And it's the oh, it's shoot. interesting. Yeah, okay, and this is the thing I want so to your talk bunnies about live another turn. Maybe is that six draw? <laughs> oh my god! Well, okay, sorry. No, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a lot. And if you do it early game, and basically that's how I've been playing. And I want to hear mm-hmm. you guys' um, uh, takes on this too. Uh, with the cleric, you usually want to save your your res uh, for a, a quality target, or you use a really early game if you're reaching for a big card that's going to mm-hmm. sway things. Uh, with the druid, though, I find you want to. The way I've been doing it is I'm waiting to get two woodland creatures in my discard. Uh, hopefully, I've bought a um, a non guard champion. And hopefully econ, but I don't care. It can be anything, literally anything, as long as it's a non-guard champion uh, that I've uh, got into the top, close to the top of my deck that I'm going to draw, or it's already out in play. And then I use my ability, bring in the two uh, rabbits or bring in whatever, draw a bunch of cards, get my non-guard champ. Everything's guarded. You get a ton of economy, basically guaranteed for two turns. And mm-hmm. like that, that basically sets the course of the game. It's really hard for your opponent to catch up after that. Plus uh, the Druid is just really good at healing, doing damage, keeping their uh, good cards in play with the circlet. It's just a, uh, it's a really, really strong class right now. And it's probably going to need, definitely going to yep. need a little, uh, a little nerfing to, to balance it out. But that's how I've been playing it guys. What are your takes on this? Totally agree on the ability there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, just using that early advantage, uh, to, yeah, like build into a really strong mid game where, yeah, it's really working out strong. Um, what do you, uh, like better for the skill I, right now? Oh, go ahead. Tim. I, yeah. I, I think in general in the game, if you can use your ability early to set you on a better trajectory, that's the ideal time to do it. And the Druid's ability is not an, there's some exceptions for sure, but like smooth heist is one of those that you want to use early, sets you on a good, good trajectory and all of that stuff. And so, yeah, it's, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I would agree. And, and you know, the, the, one of the really nice power moves for cleric is to get your champions out of your second deck and to Mm -hmm. be able to do that with the Druid in that way is, just insane it's awesome it's so awesome so yeah 100 percent. i think using that one early makes a lot of sense yeah for sure okay so now for skill chris you were asking which skills do you use i've i 
I've, uh, I'm still building my second one up. It's slowly getting up there. The first one I made was the middle skill where you get uh, one natural attack and then plus one attack, plus one healing for each uh, champion you mm-hmm. have out in play. And that's just yep. like awesome. The natural damage makes a big difference because uh, it doesn't seem like it, uh, but mm-hmm. basically if you have w- at least one creature out, you're guaranteed at least two damage from your skill, which can be just what you need to take out a pesky, you know, whatever. Um, I The second druid I'm making, I'm going to go to the healing one on the right, but I don't really think that the uh, druid needs the healing to be honest like it's not yeah. it's nice but i don't i think i want that extra attack uh in fact the left I, i'm kind of regretting i, I should have gone for the more aggro left hand side because in a lot of games i play the healing isn't really that much of a factor with the druid you can usually win pretty handily without the the healing but i haven't tried that um so let me you... let me ask a oh, question really quick okay. um of of any of you guys that want to answer uh have you tried the quote unquote Cocaine Bear, TM, Jigmalink, Baruch's build yet. Have you tried that ultra aggro? And let me this. The follow on question is, after playing a little bit, would you build it with the weed sash or would you still build it with circlet? Because circlet's so good. But the sash gives you a little bit of extra damage, right? If I remember right. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Defense. Defense, yeah. You don't need that. Oh, then why would you? No, you don't need that. Yeah, you don't need it. So you'd still go circlet Um, for sure. Well, if you go the aggro... Yeah, but I think even if you go aggro, you want that circlet so you can be recycling mm-hmm. yeah. your, your high damage cards. It's just so strong, you have to choose it, which is probably yeah. one of the reasons why they're going to have to nerf it a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> the sad yep. expression on Jig's <laughs> face right now. <laughs> I got to live on my well, druid so well, I can and, play and with and it I, some. And I would and say, like when the Barbarian and the Alchemist came out, there was a lot of really cool, fun stuff you could do that got nerfed because it was way too strong. Yeah, and so. They play a lot different. They're much better balanced now than they yeah. were initially. They're not quite as fun as they were. The Barbarian especially, I think. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. I still think... Even the Alchemist, though. I, I, like, I think that... When those potions would draw and you would draw like your whole deck <laughs> all the time. The Alchemist is so good, though, still. I still think yep. the Alchemist is. is at the top. Um, but it's uh, awesome. yeah, the Druid, though... Wait, Tim, what was the first part you said it with the Druid? Um, oh, shit. Just that they're like they they had to rein those in a bit. I think was his point. Yeah, saw, yeah, they did have to rein. And and, in. and, yeah. and that's and just we'll the process it. that that it happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, and we'll see yep. that with the druid. And I think Tim's idea with the um, circlet about you know limiting the cost or maybe only doing champions or maybe only non guards or something like that. <clears throat> maybe making it only a specific type of card that can be used that way would be another way to do it. Mm-hmm. But. Um, Right now, it's just anything you want. <laughs> you want to put that firebomb on the bottom of your deck? You go ahead and do it, Druid. And you are about to <laughs> oh, win this man. game. My it's, my called shot is that they're going to nerf the bunnies. Uh, just like the potions got nerfed. The bunnies are going to get right. nerfed. Hopefully, that's what they go to first. But they're going to probably have to do both, to be honest. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of everything is going to need a little shaving off the top, I think. But um all right, I think that's pretty good for Druid, guys. Uh, and again, we'll, re- we'll return to this stuff later. This isn't our final take on it. This is just kind of our uh, current snapshot of things. Um, I've got, all right, guys, let, let's take one step back for a moment here. I did a quick power ranking of the classes, and this is just my opinion. This is what how I have kind of feel about them. I've got the Druid, Alchemist, and Wizard at the top. They're tier one right now for me in the meta. 
I've got Thief a close second right behind them. And you might even be able to argue that Thief is in tier one as well, uh, but maybe not quite as strong as the other two. Not as consistent anyways, I would argue, but close. Mm-hmm. Thief is really good. Uh, below the Thief, we've got Barb, Ranger, and I'm also going to slide up Cleric up there a little bit. Um, I think the level 14 cleric has gotten stronger. I'm not saying it's solved and it's fixed yet, but I think it's a little bit better and it's, it, it can compete. Um, and especially because of the bell. I think it's part of the bell. I think it's, uh, yeah, the bell is part of it. Um, the bell is incredibly strong. We may, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, mainly. Well, let me get through though. Of course, guys, you, there's one hero or one class I haven't mentioned yet, Tim. The fighter <laughs> still at the bottom. In fact, in fact, this the it feels like the distance between the fighter and everything else has gotten greater. If anything, it has. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think about this over 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 like this tiers this tier ranking? Do you, do you have any issues with it, or do you disagree with anything? I'd I'd say if you look at like where you grouped like druid alchemist and wizard at the top like that's a range and you can argue over where each of those three are but they're fairly close and the same with the barb ranger and cleric like you can say oh yeah like the cleric's not it still needs some work that sort of stuff but like it's definitely in a better spot than the fighter like the fighters just No, and the cleric I think has gained ground with the rest of the yeah. group. It's gotten closer to the pack. Right? Yeah, and the it rangers may be at the bottom of that range with the other two, but it's still in that sort yeah. of like. Also, ranger has dropped, yeah. but ranger yeah. still ranger can still be good, but it's definitely yeah. not dominating like it used to. It's and definitely bar- still so, still solid. It's just not as it's consistent as it was. Yeah, and barbarian's an interesting one, guys. Like I still uh, I still can do okay with it, but they can stall out pretty hard. Now they're starting. It's not nearly the same level as the fighter, but they face the same problems. That it's, aggro. Well, and it's the same thing as like when, when the game was first launching in alpha and beta and fighters were dominating a bunch of stuff. And then people learned how to play against aggro and you just, there's so much healing in the game. All you got to do is heal and you will outlast mm-hmm. them. And yeah. the same thing with a barbarian. It's yeah. not as bad as the fighter, like you said, but it, the same way to counter yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. And I it's think that losing the double draw, I really wish they kept the barbarian double draw and shaved off other parts of the kit to, mm-hmm. to balance it out. Because I think having double draw with your skill is really, I mean, that was really the crux of the barbarian play to me. And losing that um, kind of really handicaps yeah. it a lot. But anyway. Um, all right. So. What else can we talk about here, guys? Um, the Alchemist, I think, is just super good. Uh, I win at, at an amazing rate with it. And I'm not saying that's because I'm good. <laughs> I'm good necessarily, but because it's a really, really strong class. Uh, and I'm playing the, the, with the, the double f- the double ability. The, the you know, skim down your deck as much as you can, grab as much as you can, cycle your stuff, heal when necessary, and attack otherwise. And I can really steamroll with that with the Alchemist. Well, the thing about the alchemist is because you can trigger those faction abilities really easily. Like it makes every card better. Well, every card that has a faction ability better and it pretty much guarantees those. So those cards that are normally more situational for other classes where you depend on having, you have to develop this deck and get those factions from other cards. Like 
I, I was playing in the Alchemist inv- Invitational thing that you set up, and I was playing against Rip. And I think we went to game five, or it was four or five that we were playing. I don't remember. Whatever. Um, but in the last game we played, he got an early uh, 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 five-cost blue. That ta- the deception. 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 And as soon as he got deception, over. it was game, game over yeah. because <laughs> he's he's getting everything to hand, and it's like well, even yep. even the house always wins. The one cost, yeah. like yeah. you yeah. have to hate draft that versus an alchemist. Otherwise, yeah. you're probably going to lose the game. But 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 that just that just takes cards that are way more situational, and they're balanced when they're situational. It and changes it makes counterplay. Them consistent. Yeah, you have to play against the alchemist. Totally different, right? It change and it's really hard it, it, to play against. But you can do it. it but yeah. yeah. But it was one of those that I bought something, I flipped that card, I had no chance to get it, and he got it, and I couldn't have done anything different. Right. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, well. And but sometimes that can happen in a thief game too, yep, if they get absolutely. a absolutely and I'm not complaining movie. about that. I'm just saying that that's that's what it the happens. alchemist does, and that's why it's so good, is that there's a number of cards that are situational that are now always good as the alchemist. Right. It's almost like the alchemist is less affected by the variance of the row because it yeah. can put such a greater range of cards into even good some, effect. even something like hit job. If you're playing against a champion heavy deck or whatever, that's like, yeah, it gives you a bunch of damage and that's really good, but getting that extra stun or whatever just makes it so much better. And like it's auto. Yeah. It's basically auto yeah. stun. Yeah. And, uh, and- Alchemist is really good, guys. I still think it probably – I enjoy it. It's still one of my favorite ones to play, um, but it's Jake, probably a little too strong still. I, think. I want to get in a quick question about your Alchemist that you mentioned. So you've got the double ability, which I think is awesome. Did you um, level up your ability, or did you take hit yeah. points once? And then my other question is, how much are you healing on your skill, if at all? What do you do for those two spots? I've got one of each Alchemist. I've got one uh, that – has the second ability, but it's just the base one. So it just scraps mm-hmm. a card. It doesn't, it won't give you a, a two coster. Uh, and then I opted for the extra five hit points, I think. And the thinking behind that is just to keep your um, spectacles active for a little mm-hmm. while longer. <clears throat> but my favorite one to play is the, is Alchemisterio is my, my build that has the double ability fully developed up through 14 which gives you the two cost card for you scrap a card and you can get a two cost just because some games it can, I mean, yep. when it can basically You're rattling, welcome, Elven if you, gift, whatever. If you, if you hit your six cost and your two cost on your first shuffle with even decent cards, you're probably going to win the game to be yeah. honest. Right. Um, so I, and that's why I think if anything, and I really love that ability, but if they might need to, I think someone had, it might've been user cafe or somebody else. One really interesting nerf for the alchemist would just be to beef up its starting deck, add a few more golds or, or add some more crap in there. Um, that would be a way to slow it down, but still keep the feeling of it, you know, cause I really love how it feels. Uh, Dubs, what was the second part of your question? Skill. Well, yeah. What are you doing there? Okay. Well, it's totally sick. And here's the thing here's why the alchemist is so good is because it's so adaptable to almost any situation, including, including falling behind quickly during an aggro, which how would you have to worry about, especially when you don't have health upgrades. Uh, so like, for example, if I'm being hit hard quickly by a, a fighter or a barbarian, barbarian or, or whatever, uh, I will use that skill solely for healing. Like I'll do the double Imperial, 
usually mm-hmm. my default is to go green to try to draw and just yep. cycle as quickly as I can. But if I need to heal, I'll use that. You basically mm-hmm. want to keep alive long enough to get everything going. Because basically, all you need to do is to make it to like turn. If you can make it, and the wizard is the same way, guys. I've been saying this to some people recently. Anytime you can make it like turn 15 with alchemist or wizard, you have a chance to go off for like 30 plus damage. Yeah, Once you're going to game goes that long. Yeah, you have a chance to explode. You want to survive until like turn 15, and you're probably going to win the game. So that's so you're using so, the skill that adds a faction to two different cards. That one, no, no, no. I skill. use oh uh, no, I use the middle skill. But uh, okay. yeah, I use the middle skill because it basically guarantees um, healing. Uh, I've seen people use the uh, the left skill that you're talking about to devastating effect. Uh, Tim, Tim is one. That's of what them. I like. Uh, yeah. Daily, daily twenty three is also really good with that style. I think. There might be some others. I, I, for some reason, I just really jive with the middle version. That's what works best for me. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I, I know for my build, I go with the uh, the faction. You get to choose two cards to faction, uh, and it just does the damage. And then I take the health upgrade and just the initial scrap, a hmm. second scrap ability. Nice. I don't upgrade that, so I give myself a little bit more hit points. And like Jig said. I'll faction Imperial with my stuff just to get the healing off of like the spectacles and stuff mm-hmm. to, to give myself healing if I need it, if I need that initially and whatever. Yeah, because you're guaranteed the spectacles with that build. Yeah. You're guaranteed yeah. the spectacles, which you're not with the other one. But you can if you're you if you're using your uh, stone, abilities philosophy yeah, and your abilities correctly, you're trimming your down your deck that you're basically most games I never miss using the spectacles a turn sometimes you do yeah. right at the beginning but most games you're hit you're using spectacles every single turn which is also nerfed. probably a sign that the, the alchemist is a little op yeah like <laughs> I, and and i really think add, to be honest adding some gold just give it a couple more gold and fatten up the deck a little bit that might be a, an elegant mm. solution to it anyway all right uh, guys that's enough uh, sammy do you have something about the yeah. alchemist here i mean just that i love it um, I'm trying to whip up really quickly some stats from Hero Helper to, to like just support the conversation with uh, some what's what's happening at level 14 with the games that we've logged. But yeah, I, I love it. I think it's really strong class. I really like um, I usually do the uh, one damage or one health choice as well with mine. Um, and just the ability to faction is incredible. And I do like that idea that uh that daily had about maybe fattening up the deck a little bit with something or, or doing that um, would be really interesting. So, yep. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Um, next guys really quick. And we're not going to go into too much detail um, about the wizard, but we have to talk about it a little bit. And by the way, I, we're going to go into more detail about the wizard next episode with special guest daily 23, who is scheduled to join us. So uh, stay tuned for that one. That should be a fun one, but guys, the wizard is out of control. It is so strong right now. <laughs> I have, as you guys know, I have 10 wizard builds and I basically queue up a game with each of them every day or whenever I'm, if I'm going through my queue, my ASIN queue and I drop down, 
and just I've been st- watching every one of those wizards st- steadily climb up through the rankings. Mm-hmm. I'm not playing. I'm not focusing on any single one of them. I'm playing a bunch of games. I'm just you know, starting new games yeah. with all my characters. And these wizards are just destroying everything in their past. Not that they still lose, of course. They're they're taking that second. They're taking that ruby away. It doesn't you know really matter. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what build. <laughs> it doesn't matter what channel you choose. It doesn't matter what build you you, you choose. They are just kicking ass yeah tim you're right the ruby's gone i think or maybe the ruby stays and they just replace it uh with uh replace the spell components with it that could be one thing you could do um i don't think they're gonna replace it yeah no what do you think they're gonna do just take the ruby away again though and be like okay yeah. and put it back i honestly <laughs> honestly be, i don't know why they ever did it because they had already in the beta with the it the, doesn't need uh, it at the high levels. They did it for the lower yeah. levels. They did it, but they of course it's gonna screw up everything even more at the higher levels. And to yeah. be honest, I don't care the okay, the wizard sucks at the low levels. Fine. Okay. Cool. Leave it, right? It was fine uh, to be honest, when um as soon as they did the ship in the bottle, it exploded. Yeah. And and it as it's been nerfed now, I think it's actually really interesting now. And it doesn't it can still be bad but the ruby just makes it way too easy to buy crap with the wizard you can buy mm-hmm. eight cost stuff to, eight cost stuff even on turn one sometimes if you're lucky yeah so yeah i don't know uh anyway it's fun to play with enjoy it guys queue up your wizards shoot them up through the ranks and enjoy it because they're enjoying the moment in the sun they're gonna get nursing that's my take sam chris what do you you have any thoughts on the whiz Not a ton to add there. I'm enjoying the play. And as you said, it really feels like if you know what game plan to lean into based off of your build decisions, it doesn't matter too much what you're doing with your wizard right now. And that is a bit of a sign in and of itself, perhaps that things uh, change is coming. (laughs) Yeah, it's so fun. I'm really enjoying it, to to be honest. It's fantastic. Um, All right. I've got level 14 stats up if you guys want to hear some yeah, of the give, what do you got highlights so to support the alchemist conversation overall um we've got about a th- uh, 400 game sample size at level 14 where both your your winner and loser are level 14 okay so this is only at level 14 uh alchemist is at a 58 percent win percentage uh really smoking the the clerics at an 88 percent clip so don't pick cleric if you're going to go up against the alchemist at level 14. Um, not doing good at all against Druid. 23% win rate. Nothing is doing good against, against Druid, Druid, though. Yeah. Let's check yeah. Druid because I got it. I got... Wait, where, where is she? Oh, there it is. Druid. Overall, uh, 67% uh, win rate right now with Druid. <laughs> uh, doing the best against the cleric, actually, which is interesting, so... Although not too much of a surprise. It's just because also not many people are actually playing fighter anymore. <laughs> so fighter is probably yeah, kind of absent yeah. from that's a little bit. Yep. And then our last new one, let's talk about Bar- Barbarian, also at a 58% uh, oh, interesting. right okay. now. So Barbarian's doing Yeah, that. I wouldn't have guessed that high, to be honest, but it looks like... No, that... What's up? I can see that. Yeah. Okay. They're versus fighter... Ranger, 77% win against Ranger for Barbarian. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. And then the uh, the Alchemist, they've got a 61% win rate right now. So pretty fun stuff uh, to yeah, look at. Oh, yeah. in, the, in the Wizard, let's talk about the Wizard because we were just talking about how good it is. 
Um, now this is unfortunately tainted by a lot of old games. Historical. Previous data, yeah, yeah. but can, it is level fourteen. Okay, so so that helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it does. Just look at level fourteen. Um, yeah, at level fourteen only. The win, the overall win rate is at fifty five percent. Huh. Um, and seventy eight percent against cleric, as you might imagine, and sixty one uh, percent versus ranger, and and a little bit lower for thief. So. But I think also that Ruby hasn't been kicked in. You know, it's just been lately. Right. Do you remember when it was when it was popped in, Jake? Uh, I think it's been three weeks at least, right? Two or three weeks. I don't know, man. Come on. I can't okay. remember yeah. what I had for breakfast this morning. Um, yeah, I know I have the same issues. Um, guys, just to wrap up the meta session here. I, we still have Thief, Bar, Ranger, Cleric, Fighter get through. But, like, we don't have to talk about each of them individually. But are there any, like, key points or things that pop, pop to the front of your mind when you look at these classes? I love the respect tokens because it feels like the wild west and I'm trying all sorts of stuff. I think we should um, maybe just talk about that before we close out the segment here, which is just that like, yeah, the gem store is live. It's awesome. You can buy character slots. You can Mm. buy respect tokens. And so like I totally switched up all my rangers. I switched up a bunch of clerics. I'm going to tweak some thieves. I've got some fighters to change. Um, yeah, it's just like you can you can try whatever you want right now, and it's really awesome. I like it, but yep. I also have been like uh, not having a ton of motivation to queue. I might have to start doing like a gauntlet style thing because I want to play against the community more than I want to play against the randos. Is all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, right? No, yeah. I get you. In the I've been. No, I was just gonna say I have been playing against the queue, and you're right. It's hit or miss, right? You get some good players, you can have some good ones. But the real challenge are in the community events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I will say, um, what the game's been out for in retail for just under a year, and we're now getting the. In it, honestly, it's about time. We everybody's been asking for it. Like here, here. You, you don't you don't need to have the gem store fully fleshed out with all the stuff you want to do with it, but just the fact that you can buy those character slots, which is a bunch of people were asking for, and the the respect tokens to to respect characters without having to you know uh do the uh prestige and everything to change a build one of the best things they've done honestly awesome man. yeah so good here here tim yeah, well, i'll put and quick shout out to noodle who actually and whether he was the final straw to break the camel's <laughs> back but he he made an impassioned plea on the uh wise wizards uh discord basically saying hey guys come on Give us, let us respec and let us get more character slots this is ridiculous. And well, lo and behold, about a week later or two weeks, within two weeks, it was out. So they were working on it, obviously, but uh, that yeah. and, put lit a fire under my bed. And I, I know we've been asking about like being able to get character slots and, and respect your character pretty much since it launched. Yes. You know, like we didn't really expect the gem store to be in, in the beta necessarily and whatever, but once it launched in retail. We're like, where's this at? You were, you were talking about this during the Kickstarter and all of that. Like, where's it at? It's something that we would, I expected it to be in the game when it launched, honestly. Agreed. And it wasn't. And so, and, and a number of people like just doing the community events. I remember, I think like Corey bear, I think this was probably nine months ago. So, you know, like for community events, like they capped the characters at 10 characters. So you could have two of each class. Yeah, you know, if that's how you worked it out. But like 
you want different builds to be able to do stuff. And if you could only have 10 characters, like that's a problem. And can't respect them. It, even if you yeah. only had one of the two, if you could respect your characters, then it's not a problem. But now we yeah. actually have both. Now we have the slots and the respect. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, boom. I mean, I'm having a hard enough time just leveling up my druid and my barbarian thing to get to 14. <laughs> so to not be able to respec it would it, it was hurting me for sure. And I'm so happy to have that feature. It's the best. Thank you. Well, and, and, and it's one of those fine. things where it's like I level up and I just I just hit level 11, for example, or something, you know, and it's like, OK, this ability or this skill or this upgrade looks really cool. Let me try it out. And I really don't like it. And now I have to re-level to change that. It's like it felt really punishing. And and really now now it's yeah. like, okay, well, even if I don't have unlimited gems as a legend backer or whatever, it's not real expensive to do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, hey, if I want to do that, I can spend a couple bucks and get some of these and well, and, and they have to monetize the game a little bit too. And by the way, this yeah. is actually one of the legit ways to monetize it. We're not, mm-hmm. at, they're not asking for gems to play more games or to fill up your right. energy meter or whatever. It's like, Hey, <laughs> right. you want to respect it? You want more character? Give us a dollar or whatever it is, a dollar 50. Um, yep. and Hey, that's how games make money guys. Cool. Yep. And it's, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. And it's finally here. Thank goodness. Um, also, did you notice that Joel said he was already hard at work on the next feature that was coming? So uh, more good things in store. I'd hate to – well, okay, it's gossip. Why the hell not? I and mean, we're buried enough in Nostra Double Damas. Uh, no one's going to – Joel probably isn't listening anyway. Um, <laughs> I forget who it was, and I could look it up, but I, I'm not going to do it. Someone on the Discord was looking at the package contents or something. They were getting into the game, and they said they – they found some arena files in there. So it's possible that arena is coming up next guys. So holy cow, that would be so freaking awesome. But for nice. now, here we are. It's great to have the gem store make use, respect your characters, guys, especially you legend backers. Uh, you, there's no reason not to try out as many builds as you want now. So great news. Good stuff, guys. All right. Uh, any final uh, meta talk guys? I think we're good. Just excited to see where things go. The respecting is going to offer a lot of creativity. And I think we'll see more change and evolution in the meta over a quicker rate now than we were before. And that's exciting to me. Yeah. Yep. Coolio. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap up Nostra Double D and head into the mailbag. got mail all right time for the listener mailbag uh thanks to everyone that sent in some questions or did a recording or anything for this we really appreciate it and really look forward to uh fleshing out this uh this segment here as we continue to record this i love the fact that we're getting a lot more feedback from listeners for this so mm-hmm. our first one here today is from cory bear 88 and he posted this in the discord And he said, uh, mailbag question for you, gents. In Thief Mirrors, where both players can heist a card from the opponent's deck, it seems like that is often a stare down where both players want to use the ability second. What are some situations where you think it is to your advantage to go ahead and use it first? Hmm. And I will say, and I will say, 
this is super um, relevant at like if you're just using the character packs, so like at level three or lower levels where that's the ability that you have. I, it's mm-hmm. much less common ability at the higher levels, but there are some people that love it and choose it. And it applies in that sort of situation as well. And uh, at least for me, I think a lot of times you don't want to steal a card, put it in your discard and have your opponent steal it on their next turn. So that's, that's where he's, what he's talking about there. So um, the situations where I wouldn't mind going first as a thief is if I know I'm going to shuffle. And so my opponent's not going to get that card right back. He's going to have to wait till I at least play it once or whatever to try to steal it. Um, so right before a shuffle is a time where I might go first or, um, and it also depends on what, what your opponent's discard and everything looks, you know, so it's, but especially I try to time it there if I can. And I, cause, cause this is one of those situations where a lot of times you want to use your ability early to try to get that advantage. Right. So like, this is a situation where that may not necessarily be true, but the later you use it, the less impact it has on the game. And so, I mean, I I will sometimes go first just to make my opponent use theirs to get the card back, you know? And so that's another situation where it's like, okay, I'm going to make them use it so that they're not going to steal something that comes up better later or whatever, you know? So... I guess, I guess that's kind of the two situations where I would most often choose to go first. If I can do it right before I'm shuffling and they can't steal it right away, or I'm going to use it to kind of force them to steal it back. Right. Yeah, I like both of those for sure. Um, I think one other one where you could uh, we could add into that is if it's a fairly strong card, like a, a wolf form or something else that's trashable. And then you mm-hmm. can steal it from them maybe before they get much use out of it or uh, before um, they use it at all. Yeah. Or um, like a nature's bounty or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then once you get a chance to play it, then just scrap it immediately. Yep. And then you've stolen it from them. You've gotten that, that, you know, slight advantage and then, they can't steal it back from you. You've used it. So I think that's another one. And that's, you know, credit to a conversation we all had a long time ago. I think maybe only in discord, but people are like, yeah, I'll, I, I would rather trash my firebomb than let someone steal it from me. That kind of a, a conversation. Right. So, but, but also keep in mind, like if you're, if you're just wolf form for an example, if you, um, steal that from your opponent, it's going into your discard. You don't get to play it right away. You have to shuffle and get you it. You have to so do it on the shuffle. Still, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. So you need to hit yep. Tim's first point that he mentioned. Yep. Which I think is the big one. They can't steal it back right away. Unless yep. you want them to steal it back right away and you want to get out of yeah. it. Like Tim said. Now, and I think especially if you're winning the game or if it's a favorable mm-hmm. game state for you, you want to do that. You want to tempt them to use it back on you right away. Uh, so that is one another situation. Tim brought that up. Uh, he already got the other one as well. Uh, <clears throat> I think these are the main ones to do. There is the higher level ability where you steal your opponent's uh, card uh-huh. and then you also get a cost five from the row. And if there's a really good cost five card in the row, um, yep. yeah. sometimes even, even if I'm only going to get like a, a cheap card from my opponent, but I also get a good five cost card. 
Um, so I'm getting value from, I, I well, might not even have the economy to get that, but I can get a five cost card, then I'll use it. Yep. Especially if, if he can't steal it back from me. If, if, if they're going to shuffle right away. If you have three economy and you can steal an elven curse or an elven gift or a spark or something and get a five coster, you know, yep. that you wouldn't that's be able I'm to afford, about. that's a great, yep. great that's way to the use other situation I can think of. Yeah. The other I thing think, I want to add on to really quick to um, for like enticing someone to use the uh, the heist is if you are playing boots, then it might be nice to say, oh, there's something good coming instead of buying that i'm going to let it stay there and then like ask like force them to steal this thing from me instead so they can't buy anything from the market and then i can just take that the next turn or or have that flip for me if they do buy something on the market and try to steal yeah boots definitely lets you look ahead and kind of plan and that that would be the game state thing like all right this is a good game state for me let's get it over with now yeah for sure yep chris do you have anything to add here I'm, I'm, I don't we know hit all I, the main, you're, you're yeah. like, all the good answers have been taken so far. So, right now it's cool. Yeah. You guys did a great job. I have definitely been like in this exact situation where you're like, man, I have to steal the elven curse here and they're just going to steal it back. Or like, you know, you have to buy the command off the row, but you know, they're just going to steal it and then you hope to steal it back. And it, it is a, a defeating feeling. So I can understand uh, why Corey bear would bring this question up for discussion so that we could kind of, uh, you know, throw some thoughts out there. So thanks for the submission. Good stuff, guys. Also, we have a really special guest take from our own Decatur's meow. Who's a wonderful player overall, but also a really special thief player. Let's listen to his take on Corey Bear's question as well. That's a great question, Corey Bear. Here are my thoughts on that. Whenever you're dealing in a mirror where both thieves are trying to heist, what you want to pay attention to is guaranteeing that your opponent can't immediately heist it away from you. So what does that look like? Well, there's a couple different ways you can do that. One, if you can buy something from the market that's important, or heist from your opponent right before a shuffle, that is the optimal way to do it. Because that at least guarantees you get to use it one time, maybe a few times if you're lucky enough with your shuffles and your drawing before your opponent can steal it back away from you. Second thought, especially when we're talking about level 12, or sorry, level uh, higher levels, higher level play, whenever you're dealing with masterful heist, is it's not just the card that you're stealing, it's also up to a five gold card in the market that you're going to get as well. So sometimes it's worth grabbing that lower gold cost card whenever you're looking at, you know, also getting a deception or a command or something like that from the market as well. Again, right before your shuffle so you prevent your opponent from taking it back. Another thing to pay attention to also, and this is more important at lower levels, is sometimes you can guarantee that your opponent doesn't have the gold in hand to be able to steal the card right back from you immediately. So you don't have to do it right before the shuffle if you can count out, okay, my opponent only has four gold and I'm stealing a five gold card from their discard. So, you know, you have to take into account all of these different examples. The last thing I want to mention, and this is occurring from level nine and up, is when you're playing Mask, or at least when your opponent is playing Mask, it's so important to focus on those lower gold cards, three and lower, compared to the higher gold cards. 
sure, you know, it might be sexier to steal like a, a rally or a life drain or something like that from your opponent, but being able to take away that death touch that they can just constantly recycle with mass might actually be the better card to heist because, again, you can use one gold to steal it and then grab something higher from the market, but also you're keeping them from being able to sacrifice and then out their deck so much faster. So there's a whole lot of nuance to mastering, pun intended, masterful heist. <laughs> nice pun finish. I like that. <laughs> Great points, yeah. Uh, you can see great minds think alike. He hit most of the main points, though. Really excellent points, though, about looking at your opponent's gold output. If they can't afford your card anyways, you don't have to worry about them mm-hmm. stealing it. And uh, going for the three-cost cards versus masks. Yep. Mask opponents is a great, great stuff. Alex, well, thanks so much idea. for opinions there yeah great sorry to cut you off there but that you could like uh you could heist it and then mask it to the top right you could like protect it from them if you stole it from them so they can't steal it back so yeah definitely some good insights to be shared there we also have another special audio response to this great question from cory bear 88 from another thief expert zembu here he is now obvious answer is you take first when it is a good card and it will be shuffled into your deck after you steal it. Sometimes it is even worth it to steal a card you know they will steal right back if it also gets you a good card out of the market for free, assuming you're on one of the later ones that have that. You also have to be aware of potential gold in the opponent's upcoming hand because sometimes you can get away with stealing a card that isn't immediately shuffled simply because they won't be able to afford to steal it back. When buying normal from the market before your opponent has stolen, you should also be aware of their upcoming gold and whether they'll be able to steal that big card you're about to sink all your resources into. I've had games where I specifically bought lesser cards so they didn't have a juicy target to steal and that I'd have a hard time stealing back because of how expensive it is. can be crucial in situations where you have to pick big market buy or little market buy and heal slash discard. Great stuff. Really fun thing to think of. One of the fun things about the Thief uh, Mirror is this kind of cat and mouse game you're playing with the the heisting. So it's a really good question by Cory Bear. Thanks for submitting it. Okay, guys, uh, that wraps up the special uh, version of Mailbag. Up next, we are going to head into Card Duel. This is my boomstick. Guys, I'm just going to save these other questions for next episode because we're going because we're going long here. Is that cool? Yep. 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 Okay. Uh, hold on. Let me just make sure we don't lose it. I like it. That's a good call. Shit. Okay. Uh, fart sticks. <laughs> I'll just leave them in here for now and, and change it later. Okay. All right, um, <clears throat> card duel. Um, Timmy, can you lead us in on this one? Yep. All right, everybody. Now for our newest segment, card duel. Today, we are going to talk about two seven-cost imperial cards and 
which one we would pick in a vacuum or in the a couple specific situations, but it's usually a pretty quick uh, coverage on this one here. So today we are going to talk about Domination and Minstrel's Melody. So Domination, they both cost seven cost. They both draw a card as a primary ability. Domination gives you six damage and six healing, and Minstrel's Melody gives you three gold, four damage, and five healing. And then Domination uh, factions to prepare a champion, and Minstrel's Melody will sacrifice to prepare all of your champions. So I wanted to go over that because Minstrel's Melody is a Dungeons card, and not everybody knows that as well. So mm-hmm. uh, why don't we start with Sam? Well, my friends, it's a hard choice. Um, but I think in a vacuum, I would choose Minstrel's Melody. Um, because I think it's only one less healing and two less damage, but you get this, that three econ, which can be really nice. Uh, you, if you're, if you want to use the prepare all champions, then you can trash the card to do that. At the end of the game, it's a great way to, to do a huge bomb and push the game over to the, uh, the win column for you. Uh, and it's not dependent on any kind of a faction that said some caveats, if it was late game, I would probably go with dominion. Uh, and if it was early game, I would even more so want to go with Minstrel's Melody. Um, and the domination can be kind of uh, can be kind of class specific or even uh, situational. But if you had a cleric or a druid, um, or an, especially with an alchemist, if you had other champions, the domination can be insane. So to be able to reuse that prepare over and over again is great, especially if you had like Roland or. Uh, who was it from before? Maribel? Maribel. I don't remember. Marigold? Thank Maribel. you. Maribel. Thank yep. you. I, yeah. I, I think Third time's po- the charm. I think your your point that you would take Minstrel's Melody early and Domination later is probably the primary mm-hmm. thing here. And I, w- I would agree with that. Like Early on, the economy from Minstrel's Melody is great. Later on, yep. you don't need it as much. The yep. There are side cases with preparing a bunch of champions or if you got a bunch of Imperial in your deck and you're going to faction domination and all that stuff. But like it kind of boils down to early game. I'm going minstrels melody late game. I'm going domination. Mm -hmm. How about you, Jig? I think I'm going to give the straight wind of minstrels melody here at every every stage of the game. Uh, (laughs) And and the reason is, and and not to knock domination because it's super close. And to be honest, either of these cards are great, but. Uh, I I like Minstrel's Melody a little bit more. All right, so you're getting one less, uh, you're getting two less attack and one less healing from it, but you're getting three extra gold, which you can use on your skill, which you can use on buying stuff if you need to. But if it's late game, you can just use this to continue running your engine. You can use it for your channel, for your bless, or whatever you're doing. Um, Also, the prepare all, all of your champions option on it is a game finisher. Oftentimes, like if you, can you have just, multiple champions, yeah, if you do, yeah. Um, but the repeat, like if you're heavy into Imperial and you have domination, just the repeat, uh, prepare yeah. a champion without having to sack it is obviously super strong. But I think I just like Minstrel's Melody a little bit better. Um, even in the end game, it's good. I mean, it's not, it will never not come in handy even in the end game. So I'll just give the slight edge to Minstrel's. I was just going to say, um, what a, what a tough one here. A lot of great points so far that have been brought up. 
um, one of the things for me in these card duel evaluations that I've thought about in the past is, uh, you know, for a vanilla game, right? That was one thing we had mentioned, mm-hmm. like in a vanilla game, which one would you rather have? And um, I don't think I have ever or would ever play a vanilla game that features the possibility of having both of these cards. Maybe I would play BCD vanilla at some point or something like that. But uh, it seems fun. like a bit of a rare. It is fun. You, yeah? <laughs> yeah. You guys have done yeah. BCD yeah. vanilla? Yep. I've yeah. done yeah. Dungeons vanilla and I've done base set vanilla, but I don't think I've ever done roll it all up and play vanilla i guess i shouldn't say never i would i would totally be down for that um i I know you would i know you would especially (laughs) especially if you're playing solo especially for sure especially that (laughs) um anyways i guess i better you know land on an answer here and i'm having a hard time not going (laughs) minstrel's melody ultimately um would you guys say that that it's the we've hit the minstrel's cycle because wow. three out of four would agree. Wow! Just just throwing that out there. <laughs> I, I will say the the one thing that you said that there's uh, it's almost always better for minstrels melody, Matt. Um, a lot of times in a later game, I don't need that economy. I have extra economy that I'm throwing away, and I'd rather have the two damage. That's mm-hmm. why I would pick domination later game yeah, no I, yeah I, and I can unless definitely... i have a bunch of champions and i'm going to sacrifice that to stand them all you know to prepare them all so yeah, yeah. the funny thing is you all make if, good, great points if you have champions or even if you have just about a couple you're probably in yeah. games when you have domination or minstrels melody you're you're probably winning that game to be honest like i yeah there's definitely g- games i've lost where i've had them but if you get one of yeah. these cards uh, before the game is already decided, you're probably this yeah. will probably decide it in your favor. So, yep, uh, yeah, they're both great cards. Yeah, they're both A plus cards, actually. I think. Um, yep. But, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, still fun to talk about, and we you got to see you get to kind of see the finer details and ways of thinking about it. So it's an interesting thing. Thanks for the uh, suggestions for the card duel. All right, guys, I think that's pretty good on that. Let's head into the home stretch here with community roundup. All right, everybody, when you hear that music, you know we're getting towards the end of the show here, but not before we wrap up different happenings in the community here in the community roundup. Uh, we do have quite a bit to talk about today. We're not going to get into like nitty gritty of results, but there's a lot of events on the horizon looking for signups and new things happening. So we're going to take a few minutes to talk about them now. Um, Tim, do you want to get us started uh, with, with sure. your stuff here? Yeah, so uh, event two, season two, Highlander, the level 11 event. event. Um, we are getting close to wrapping that up. Right now, there's a semifinal game, and there's the finalists there waiting to see what happens. So uh, that's getting close to finishing up, and I'll, I'll make an announcement when we get to who wins and who got whatever in that. So, But that, that that's moving along good. Also, in Thandar Combat League, We are in week six of season five um, and that's moving along good. And I did want to say um, I I plan on taking a a small break here because with origins and all of that stuff coming up where I'm going to wait until after that to start uh, uh, season six. And hopefully 
I should have everything done to switch everything over to use the uh, Discord bot that I'm working on mm. to run Thandar Combat. Nice. So awesome things I'm, in space. I, may, I, may, I, may push, I may push off the start a couple weeks so I can finish stuff up. So I've seen previews. Worth it's it. going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Cool. Uh, all right. I'm going to jump in next. Uh, first with King of the Castle, which is plugging along, guys. Thank you for everybody who... Uh, signs up and participates. It's a really fun event. It's been going since it started. Um, right now, we only have nine people in the queue. Well, I guess if you count the six people in the castle itself, it's 15 people. But uh, please sign up, guys. We're always looking for um, people to join in the festivities. It's a great way to um, play a really easy event that's constantly running in the background. You can read about the rules uh, in the uh, show notes, but it's basically a king of the castle. You try to capture the castle and defend it against oncomers. Uh, <clears throat> we actually have two castles. In Castle A right now, it's Luna Pig versus King Cory Bear 88. He's on his second defense of the castle. That should be a tough matchup for him. In Castle B, we have the Katz's Meow facing off against Arkenal. Two really good players there as well. The Katz's Meow is on his sixth defense. Uh, of Castle B, oh and he's getting boy. close to Noodle Tube's longest reign record of 10, uh, which was um, the uh, record that he set uh, once the uh, the beta drops. So interesting stuff there. Again, sign up for it if you're interested and check out the, uh, the link to the rules and explanation in the show notes. All right. Up next, guys, we have a slew of new level 14 events to announce. These are events that are set at level 14, so you need to have the call to arms content uh, to join in on them. And for some of them, you actually need to have uh, legendary or, or beta access too, because it involves the um, beta characters. Let me just talk about them really quick. Uh, first, we have the TriWiz and Alchemist Invitational. These are actually already started and ongoing right now. Um, but they're level 14 events looking basically mirror events where you can uh, bring in level 14 characters of any build in best of five matches in the tournament to see who's the winner. And the winner of those two or the winner of the Triwiz will actually face the winner of the Alchemist for uh, a special prize at the end of it. Sorry, did and, somebody... and I, I just have to throw it in Sam's face that I totally knocked him out of the Triwizard <laughs> Cup. Now, now it's me and Jig playing. So, ooh, ooh it's Sparks and Red it was, Showdown. Yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game, but yeah, it happened. <laughs> I can't deny it. Fun stuff. Uh, Tim and I actually just started up our games this morning for me, so that'll yep. be fun. Fun to go through the next couple of days. Uh, we also have the Ascension to Heaven cleric. Uh, uh, event great name uh, and the call of the wild druid event both of these are run by decatz's meow he uh, took the initiative and uh, ran these open he's like hey what about the cleric and the druid don't they get their own level 14 events and he went up and made it which is great these are currently accepting signups guys so if you want to play some level 14 cleric against other clerics tim's favorite way to play that's horrible or, <laughs> <laughs> no way dude i'm all or, about or, it or Druid matchups. Yeah, that'll be fun. Check those. Check out the links for that as well. Finally, we also have the Call to Arms Barbarians event. Uh, this is at, coupled with the Fighters Only Open, and this is run by friend of the pod, Warden Slayer. I think this is actually his first event or mm -hmm. events that he's coordinating. Uh, so prop, yeah. huge props to him for taking the initiative and uh, uh, creating these level 14 events for the uh, other two classes that we can use right now. So these are also accepting signups for the probably at least once you hear this uh, 
podcast for at least you know, uh, the next half a day or so. So if you want to join in <laughs> on any of these, check out the show notes links and sign up and check it out. Really fun, really quick, easy events to play at level 14. And it's great to see somebody new stepping up to run some stuff. Mm, so I, so awesome. I love seeing Thanks, new guys. people do, do events. Yeah. It's Agreed. really awesome. We'll have to see what classes will come to make a good Ranger and thief level 14 event like this. But for now, we'll just enjoy what we got. <laughs> For sure. Well, I think uh, Bard and Ranger is a perfect pairing and then Monk and Thief. I think that works, you know. We'll see. It's all very highly speculative, but I think it's all there for the possibilities. Um, I'll dive in. I kind of segueing off of what Jig said as far as where you can find all these. I have been keeping uh, realmsrising.com slash community dash events updated you can go there and see which events are currently accepting signups which events are currently in progress which events are returning soon and which ones are on hiatus spread that link around check it out bookmark it um i know there's a lot going on so hopefully that can be a way to help keep it great link i added all the the level 14 have been added in there as well so it is completely up to date now i think appreciate that so i did fire off double dubs deadly duels the legacy progression uh tournament where first prize and second prize will be able to choose emojis to be featured on the stream so uh really excited to see how that one goes (laughs) but it is going to be a slug fest on that one because you're playing a minimum of seven games uh it could be as many as 13 games if you go the full distance so that one is uh running through we've also got the quick fire tournaments in dungeons quick fire number two we see that Jig and Noodle are battling for a spot in the finals. Rip is in the other side of that bracket waiting an opponent. Uh, we'll see if he makes it into the finals as well. And then in base quick fire number two, we've got Omsk versus Fat Hobbit battling for a spot in the finals and Noodle Tulpo on the other side of that bracket waiting for an opponent. So just a quick note that these you can there's always going to be a base quick fire and a dungeons quick fire you can sign up for. Um, as long as you're not active in, you know, one of the other quick fire tournaments of that kind, then go ahead and sign up for them. And we can, you know, hopefully get these rolling more and more as time goes on and people uh, get into it more. All right, my friends, let's talk about maximum overdrive. Not much to say. It's currently still paused, but you can sign up. Go to Challenge uh, or our Discord channel. Find the link. Uh, and sign yourself up. There's a good field of people already signed up for this. And uh, when we are probably through a few of these other crazy events, uh, I bet Meowgan will set it up. Thank you, Meowgan, for putting this together and running it. It's great. I really like Maximum Overdrive. Uh, it is an event where you get to play at double hit points, which completely changes all the meta and makes you make some really interesting choices. Um, the next thing we will cover is HRPC the Hero Realms Pro Circuit. Right now, we're in the Suite 16, filling out those slots at the moment. So everyone that's playing right now uh, in the round of 32, good luck to you, and congratulations to these folks who have made it to 16 so far. Double Dubs is Ranger, Rucksack's Ranger, Rucksack's Fighter, who I think he chose the the Ranger to win over his Fighter. So uh, Rucksack's made it to lead eight with his, uh, with his Ranger. The cat says Meow's Cleric, Rucksack's Wizard, and Luna Pig's Fighter. 
May the odds be ever in your favor, my friends. <laughs> uh, did you guys see the meme that Cory Bear posted when Rucksack yeah. uh, defeated <laughs> yes. Rucksack and said GG's? It's like the nervous herald or whatever the one <laughs> good no, news y'all was, i found someone really who can good. beat rucksack it's rucksack. it's rucksack yeah it was really good it was really good i like that a lot yeah props so. cory bear <laughs> awesome stuff there and quick shout out well i know you skipped over you you already passed max overdrive but huge shout out to meowkin talking about a new relatively newer uh member of the community who's really standing up she, and doing so much she's, yeah props to she's her. She's also doing the whose turn is it anyway? She is doing that. Starting it's back coming up. up soon. Yeah, that's yeah. a great. It's a great place to mention it. And and one more. Sure. do you want to talk about it, Jake? Go no, ahead. go for it. I'm not. Yeah, I think I know what you're going to talk about. Go for it. Yeah, I was going to say, and she started a book club, which is fantastic. So which get, which is called uh, Realms Reading. Realms Reading. Yeah, that's it. Yep, <laughs> Realms Reading. Solid name. And they know the book they're reading now too. Does it, does anyone remember it? Oh, Realms Reads, by the way. I don't want to misquote it. It's Realms Reads, I think. Okay. And they're reading something about Locke Lamora. I've heard of the book, but I never read it myself. Lies of Locke Lamora. It really should be Realms Reading, though. So, Meow can get on that. Time for every name. Great name. Yeah, great name and great club. Uh, once again, huge props to her for all of her uh, proactive work and just what a great part of the community she is. So. Thanks again. We'd, yep. we'd love to yep. put the, give the spotlight to the peeps who deserve it. And you guys are all great. So thanks. All right, guys. I think that wraps up community roundup. Anything else going on that we failed to mention? Uh, of course, Origins is gearing up. Uh, you can find a channel there in the Discord if you haven't. There's lots of people going. It's a good place to link up. Um, anything yep. else? Just it's more meows. It'll yeah. be so easy to just mute every single one of those in post production. Oh, you gotta it's leave those in. It's the total like super trooper moment. That's great. <laughs> right. All right. Okay, yeah. uh, that wraps up community roundup. All right, everybody. This ends episode thirty-two of Sparks and Recreation. I want to thank you all for listening and supporting the podcast and being part of the discord and playing hero realms and all the fun stuff that we all get to do together. So it's a pleasure and uh, looking forward to uh, recording and talking to you all soon. Ditto all of that. Thanks everyone. Uh, Another podcast down. Only uh, 287 more to go for us to go, you know, another 300 or something like that. So um, can't wait. Um, I just want to give a really special thanks to all the people who are getting involved in the community more and more. So Warden Slayer, it's great to see you stepping up and doing an event. Um, Thanks to the new backers. That's incredible. And uh, thanks to um, everyone who's been sending stuff in for the mailbag. What a great interactive uh new segment i love it so uh again as always if anyone's new and wants to track your stats while you play hero uh hero realms uh go to hero-helper.com register there and it will track the stats for you at that time going forward and in the meantime uh 
stay squishy, meatwads. Or I should say it like this. No, wait, let me do it one more time because I have a good I have a good voice. You ready? Stay squishy, meatwads. That is a good meatwad voice. Nice. I wish I could do uh, shake, master shake to, to follow up, but I can't. Uh, thanks everybody for sticking with us. The the two or three of you who have actually listened to the end of the episode, we really appreciate your your support. Uh, no, just kidding. I'm sure there's at least five or six of you who've made it to the, to the end here. I um, <laughs> hope you enjoyed the episode. We really enjoyed doing it for you, and we hope you do as well. We will be back soon in a couple of weeks, hopefully with our special guest, Daily Twenty Three, uh, and lots of wizard talk as well. So you have that to look forward to. Thanks everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, this was a good one. Double Dubs signing out for the evening. While you are out uh, on the interwebs, you've signed up for Hero-Helper.com. Why not go ahead and check out twitch.tv slash Double Dubs, where I will be streaming on Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Central. So, so plenty of VODs to check out. We have a great time. Would love for you guys to come and hang out for that one. Um, and yeah, if there's any, uh, like I said earlier, origin stuff or just content in general, any, anything we can get from you guys, we're always more than happy to hear it. Thanks for listening. And as always stay fresh cheese bags. You made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. You're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta analysis, and everything Hero Realms.